Teaching yoga can be incredibly rewarding, we all know that. But if it's your career and you are a solo entrepreneur, you also have to look at your business and personal finances. Today I'm talking to finance coach Jennifer Lemmer and she's sharing five secrets to financial success in 2021 that every yoga teacher needs to know now. I was really inspired by Jennifer and the advice she shared in our interview, and I hope you will be too. Taking care of our finances is so important for our overall well-being, and I want you to promise me that you make the commitment this month to look at your budget, your income, your expenses, and make a plan for your finances. Jennifer is sharing some great tips and resources, and I promise it's not as difficult as you might think it is. So let's dive in. Hey there, welcome to the Blissful Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Susanne Reicher, here to help yoga and wellness entrepreneurs build a thriving online business. If you're ready to make a bigger impact and earn money online, you are in the right place. Each week you learn about websites, digital products, social media strategies, and what's working now to build your online business. And now let's get started. So hi, Jennifer. So great to have you on the show. I'm so excited you're here. I am excited to be here as well, Suzanne. So um, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us what you do. Right. So my name is Jennifer Lammer. Uh, I graduated from Harvard Business School and uh, summa cum laude from New York University with a degree in finance. And I worked in the financial services industry for about 20 years for big firms. And now I run Diamond Nest Egg. It's essentially a financial education and wellness company. We do financial workshops with uh, small and medium-sized businesses, um, teaching their employees everything they should know about personal finance. We work with a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs as well. It's so exciting. We, I never covered a topic like this on my podcast yet. And I think it's mm -hmm. so relevant. You know, like my listeners, it's mostly yoga teachers and wellness entrepreneurs. And now it's when this episode is coming out, it's early January. So the perfect time to plan your finances and maybe do better than in the past. And yeah, I'm just really, really grateful and excited that you're here. Um, so tell us a little bit more exactly about what you're doing um, right now. How do you help people with their finances? Right. So there's, uh, I would say there's three aspects of our business. The core of our business is these financial education and wellness webinars that we give to employees. And we teach them, we walk through everything from how do you set your financial goals to how do you budget? Uh, how do you refinance a house? How do you improve your credit? And really getting them to a point where they're comfortable handling money on their own. Because a lot of it sounds very complicated, but there are ways to make it more simple, to simplify it, I would say. And that's what we really try to do to get people to understand the basic concepts so they can take these concepts and then go out there and make money decisions that they're confident about. You know, they don't freak out whenever they think about their money or their bills coming in at the end of the month. So that's one part of our business, these financial wellness webinars for employees. I love that you combine it with wellness because it's so true, right? It's so, I mean, we all know that, but then when your finances are not in order, it's impossible to feel really, really good. 
in your absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the, a lot of these bigger companies, so PricewaterhouseCoopers, which is one of the big uh, accounting firms, they do uh, these studies every single year on what is the top stress, cause of stress in your life. And year after year, the top cause of stress, and, you know, forget about even this year, right? Every normal sort of year, money comes out as the top source of stress for everyone. Um, and it's no surprise, you know, because it impacts every single aspect of our life. I mean, it's, it's the biggest concern, you know, even after in front of relationships, in front of your job, in front of your health, money is the biggest concern for many people. And we strongly believe that when you have a sort of a foundation, the basic understanding of money and what drives your decision making, it really, it really takes a lot of that anxiety out of it. And that's our goal with these financial education and wellness web webinars. We also do online courses. Um, we'll be launching an online co course specifically for entrepreneurs in Q1 of 2021. So I'll keep you posted on that. And that's really our way of, of having sort of something out there for people like myself. I, I was lucky enough. I, I've been in finance for 20 years when I started my company. I mean, every entrepreneur makes mistakes, but at least I didn't worry so much about the financial aspect of it. Um, because I teach this stuff. And then the third part of it is when I have time, um, I, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Right now we're booked out to the end of January, but it, we're trying to add coaches onto our team. So hopefully we can build that out in 2021 as well. So lots of great stuff going on. That's, that's, that's what we do. And we're based <laughs> out of it. New York. I love it. Um, I love that you're doing an online course as well about that topic. Exciting. Um, so a lot of, I know a lot of yoga teachers and you know, people who work in this whole spiritual sphere, they are maybe a little bit afraid of money or they say they are not into this for the money. And you know, like, it's like, sometimes I think it's um, holding ourselves back that we are afraid to play bigger, like treat mm -hmm. this as a business, what we do. So right. I don't know. So um, I don't know how to um, approach this. So um, if I would come to you as a coaching client with mm -hmm. this attitude, <laughs> let's say, you know, like I'm a yoga teacher and I'm just getting started. So I have a few classes, maybe mm -hmm. I do a few things online and I want to get my finances in order because I realize that I need help here. But I right. have all those mindset blocks maybe as well. Well, I mean, there's two aspects of it when it comes to mindset blocks, right? There, I, I meet a lot of primarily solopreneurs when they're first getting started where they feel guilty for charging for their services. Um, mm, that's because, a big one. <laughs> yeah, especially from the sort of spirituality aspect of it. You know, you feel like you're giving back to society um, and you just don't feel like, you know, you, you, you don't feel like you deserve to be paid. And the way that I look at it is this, right? It's not just about money. It's about your time. You could be spending your time doing a lot of other things. You could be working for charity. You could be spending time with your children. And you've chosen to give that time up. Um, and you're, you're adding value. So when you're adding value, you should expect some sort of compensation for it. You are putting all this effort, all this time into it. And you've chosen to do this instead of other things in your life. In your life. Um, and there should be, you know, When you buy a cup of coffee, for example, you don't expect that person to give it to you for free because they think making coffee is awesome, right? Uh, or get a go, haircut, right? You go get a haircut. You don't yes. think, oh my goodness, the stylist, she just, you know, she does because she enjoys it, but she, she expects payment, right? Nobody 
expects to have receive a service for complete freedom. Now, if you provide content, okay, lots of free content, completely understand. But when it's a service, when it's taking time out of your day where you could be spending it on other things, I don't think you should feel guilty. You would also feel it's more valuable if somebody would be offering haircuts for free. I don't, I don't know if I would feel confident going there, getting my haircut, right? Because we think right. it's better. So we feel we get more value as well when we pay for something. Right. And I think that's a great point. So the first thing is you're, first of all, you're giving value. People, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to say this, but people don't value what they get for free. It's that simple. So when you give, and we've, we've tried this out. So during COVID, we actually offered, so I opened up my calendar for certain days to help individuals that had lost their jobs. You know, we said, okay, you don't have to pay for one month, two months, and you pay later. Well, you know what? Um, I have never been ghosted in my life ever until we offered mm. these free sessions. And so after, and then what they, I'm sorry, but what then what they did was they would then call me back and say, oh, well, I'm sorry. I forgot about the appointment. You know why they forgot? They forgot because they didn't have to pay for it. I know. Um, the same happened. Yeah. yeah. And my clients, my clients that pay me every month, um, they show up. They show up because they know they've paid. They know that there's value to it. And so I think it's not just a reflection. I mean, the value is a reflection of you as a person and how you value yourself. And until you value yourself, And this is, speaks to the spirituality aspect and the emotional part. Until you value yourself, nobody's going to value you. So, so you need to, even if that value when you're trying to get beta clients is like $75 or $100, that's completely fine, right? For session, whatever, or $25 even, because you need to build out your client base and get need to get testimonials, so on and so forth. But at some point, there has to be a, a number on it, right? Um, And that number has to just, so people, when they pay $10 or when they, when they pay $0, unfortunately, they expect zero value. And that's, that's it. When they pay 10, they expect, you know, $10 and you always have to over deliver no matter what you do. But I'm not saying <laughs> as a newbie that you go out there and charge a thousand as well. Like you find someone that will pay for it. Great. But generally, you know, find something where you're like, okay, this is worth my time and this is what the other person finds valuable. And I always say as, as well, the end of the session, well, was that valuable to you? And once you get to know your clients better, let's say at the end of the program, you can say, well, do you think this X amount that you've paid for the program was worth it? And you'll find, I hope you don't get too much of this, but some clients may not think it's worth it. And then you have to find out, ask them questions, very simply questions like, well, what, could we have done differently that would have made you feel that it was worth it, right? Because then you can, you can change your program and you can improve it. Or you might find that the clients come back and say, hey, you know, I only paid a thousand for this program. I would have paid four times more, right? So it's a bit of testing it out with the clients as well. But really, you need to value yourself because nobody will come out and all of a sudden say, man, you're great. This is what you're worth, right? That's, that's just the reality of it. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Do you have some tips um, how to come up with the right price, pricing point for whatever you're offering, coaching or an online course or? Yeah, there's a few things here. I mean, the first thing you can do is look at the competition. That's always, even when you like evaluate the companies and stock markets, you look at what the competitors are doing, right? When you buy a home, you, you look at what the other homes in an area um, are worth. So have a look at what other competitors are charging. And when you start out, it's okay to charge less, right? It's completely okay. And if, 
and be very honest with people. If they say, oh, well, so-and-so is charging so much money, you, you must suck because you charge less. The answer is very simple. Tell them, listen, I, we're starting out. We're trying to build our client base. I always think nothing is better than honesty in business. Yeah. Um, especially when you're starting out, tell them, listen, this is, uh, this is the price. I know so-and-so is charging that much, but they've been in the industry for X amount of years. I'm starting. I have all this experience, but I need to build my client base, right? So first is looking at your competitors. The second is when your client calls you and you know this is how much they're paying you, do you, do you still like your job or do you hate your client, right? At the end of the day, if, you, if you're giving out like thousands of dollars worth of value and your client is paying you $100 per session and you're starting out, you think it's okay. At some point, you'll get to a point where you kind of, and I have so many entrepreneurs that listen, they call me, they say, I'm quitting. Okay, so why are you quitting? Um, I'm quitting because I hate talking to my clients. Why do you hate talking to your clients? Um, they, don't, they don't pay me enough. I was like, okay, do you think you're worth more? And they say, yes. So I was like, okay, charge more, right? If you're like, literally, that's like, you're not, you're an entrepreneur. If you wanted to hate your job, you could go out and get any other job, right? I mean, there are enough jobs you could get out there that could pay you without all the sort of ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So you can go and get another job and have a steady income. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you really need to love your job. You know, it really needs to get you out of bed. And if you hate talking to your clients because they're not paying you enough, then you know you need to adjust it. And I always say, listen, it's in the beginning, you're not going to get, there's no entrepreneur that comes in and says, oh, we got it right from the beginning and it was perfect. And this is exactly how our model is. You know, play around with it. Um, start with say 25, 50, whatever an hour or a session that you have and, and go from there. Like for example, if you, and then let's do a course business. Now we, we talked about one-on-one -on -one consulting. Let's talk about, um, or coaching. Let's talk about courses. If you have a huge audience or if you have an audience and you find that I think the purchase rate generally is like one to 2% of your audience. I can't remember what it is, but you know, if you do your launch and you find that, you know, your purchase rate is like 10% or 15 or 20% likelihood, they're probably charging too little, right? But that's okay. Like, this is not a one-time deal. You can keep changing it and upping your price, or you might find that nobody comes and you might have to lower your price. So I think a lot of it, a lot of being an entrepreneur is just being flexible. And, and if you get it wrong once, that's okay. You just have to learn from your mistakes, like everything else in life. So I mean, that's, that's how I think about it. I totally agree. I think I changed my prices a lot already in my businesses. Yeah. Like, you know, mostly going up. But I also had like one course where I started with a high, super high price. And then actually yeah. the next launch, I changed it and offered it much cheaper. Yeah, so, I totally, yeah. So I totally agree. So it's an experiment. And um, yeah, what I always say is like when you have, for example, three prices, um, mm -hmm. that you look at, that you should really sit with them and see how it feels inside a little bit as well. And it's okay. I think it's actually something good when you feel a little bit uncomfortable with it. Not too much because you still have to own that price and sell yeah. it. But a little bit uncomfortable is good because it means you're challenging yourself. That's absolutely true. And I would add to that, that I think that's absolutely true. You can have one or two, two to three prices that you look at. Never give your audience more than sort of two, three is really even max. I mean, they did a study at Apple and what Apple does is 
is they never give you more than three choices because beyond that, mm. it's just too much for no, people. I just meant them yeah. only for yourself. Yeah, so for yourself. Before you make a decision. Otherwise, yeah, keep it simple. Simple, simple, keep simple. It as simple as possible. So I, you know, before, I know a lot of course creators try to do um, payment plans. And the way that I approach it is I, I can't, my course is not so, the online course that we're going to have is not so expensive. Um, and you need to be able to invest in yourself. And I said, when I say not so expensive, it'll be like around four ninety nine, five ninety nine, maybe even less, because I want people to be able to afford it on the one hand. But on the other hand, you need to think of it as an investment in yourself. And that's what you know. W- like I invested in myself all these years with education, with work. You need to think about some people like, oh well, I don't need, I don't. Need, why should I pay somebody? Um, <laughs> to teach me about personal finance and managing my money. I need to pay you to tell me how to save money. I'm like, well, if you're doing a good job saving money, no, if your finances are hundred percent. That's great. Right. But if you're on my website and you're looking at my course, clearly something is not right. Um, and so clearly you need to invest in yourself and the finance part. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs will get into sort of my five things that entrepreneurs really need to look at um, before they start. Like, this is already for folks that are, you know, sort of in the business of creating online courses and already have clients. But, you know, even before you start and as you're going through it, what you need to think about. But, you know, seriously, you need to, I am not going to give a payment plan. Let's look plan. at that. Let's look at yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. So the right that. Okay. You want to do that now. Okay. So, so the, the first thing really like uh, for the, for the real first five things, right? The first real newbie who is thinking, okay, should I quit my job um, and go into this full time? And my answer always is, you know, try it for a little bit. Do it as a side gig. Do it as a side hustle. See if you like it. Um, and if you can't find the time to do it as a side hustle, you're probably not passionate enough about it, right? That, that's the first thing. And if you make the leap to start, always before you quit your job, make sure you have an emergency fund. So from a personal perspective, an emergency fund is three to six months worth of living expenses um, that will get you through. It's the same thing when you start a business, have three to six months of this emergency fund before you quit your job. So that if things don't go well, at least you've got yourself covered for a little bit. And then you can go, I don't know, find a job at Starbucks or whatever it is to supplement your income, but always, always have that for the most part, always have three to six months, um, now I've had clients that have quit with like a thousand dollars in their bank account. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> if they can do that, it takes a certain type of, per- that's one extreme. It takes a certain type of person to be able to do that. Um, most of my clients fall in the three to six month car- category when they quit their job. And then there are folks that come and, you know, they have six figures in their bank account. They're like, I can't quit yet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when can you quit? They're like, well, I, I can't quit until I have like another double this amount. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I think that's even for me. And I'm pretty risk adverse when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm, you know, our emergency funds like 12 months, but you know, it really depends on your risk pro- profile, but for most entrepreneurs, three to six months is enough because it gives you enough time to test out your concepts, see what it works, play around and still find a sort of side job that pays you regularly, right? Whether it's as a salesperson somewhere, whatever it might be. So that's the thing. The first thing is the emergency fund. The second thing you need to learn is separate your personal and your business expenses. Um, you must do that. Like get a business credit card, whatever it is, or get 
two credit cards and have one credit card just for your business expenses and one for your personal. Because when it comes to tax time, you'll want to know how much in expenses you've put into your business. Um, Because there's no way otherwise to figure out how am I ever going to get profitable, right? And if you mix them together, it's just, it's a disaster. And it's something a lot of newbies do, but you definitely have to get to the point after a few months where you separate these expenses. I would and do it right from the start, especially I, now that, you know, like there's online banking and yeah. you have like online banks where you don't really pay a lot. You can even get like a free account. Um, so I'm in Germany and I don't pay for my business bank. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't pay for yeah. my, like in the US, I, uh, we have Capital One for business and mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's great for business. Um, so that's the credit card. The Capital One credit card is really great. But I think I'm more speaking to the entrepreneurs that get started start buying equipment, for example, and start buying stuff. And it's all of a sudden it's on their personal. It's okay. Just separate, like just step, even if you first start and it's on the same credit card, just make sure you put your business expenses in a separate envelope and get that business credit card as soon as you can, because you want to keep those accounts separate and it gets, and, and it's something people don't really think about often enough and then they just keep going. But the longer you keep going like this, the more you have to go back. Mm-hmm. and redo it. So that's the, that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing, sorry. Now, the third thing is, this is funny, but um, bill your clients, right? I mean, for online courses, it's one thing, you know, they pay with a credit card, it works, it works out well. But if you have coaching clients, right? Or it's like me, you do financial wellness webinars, bill your clients. Like literally, I had entrepreneurs come to like, oh my God, I'm not making any money. I'm like, well, you have no income. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, I have income. I'm like, not here. I don't see any income here. And they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't billed yet, you know, but we have lots of money coming in. I'm like, okay. But it's a lot of companies that even startups do that, right? Because they, they just keep thinking about their business. They keep thinking about how am I going to get to the next level? They actually forget to bill. And nobody's going to chase you to pay you. Like very, well, very few people are in my experience. Um, so don't forget to bill your clients, like literally. And so my bill, and so my billing cycle, cause I hate billing every single month. Um, I, I bill every quarter. And so that's, that's what I do. Wow, um, really? I every, yeah. I bill every quarter. I, I can't be bothered to bill every month. Um, I, my costs are fine. They, so I bill every quarter. And so initially I had clients that kept asking, they did ask me, I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to do it every, every three months. It's fine. Um, so just remember to bill your clients. Um, and the fourth thing really is when you're thinking about financial goals and you're thinking about, you know, how to start saving the money that you're making, always try to plan ahead. So think about your business and think about what, what is my steady stream of income? So what, and what is my worst case scenario? Like in my worst month, what do I make? Um, and Basically, make sure that you're still able to cover your expenses during those worst months. Like you really need, and clearly if you're first starting out, you have no idea, right? But that's okay. But that's why you need to start billing your clients so that you can find out when that income comes in and really plan for those worst, worst months and see if you can cover your basic expenses during those worst months. And if you can't, you need to start setting aside money on your peak months, your good months, so that you can pay for all those bad months. So this is, you know, if you're in a cyclical business, I don't know if you do like holiday decor, home decor, for example, Lily, your peak months will be whenever they're holidays, Thanksgiving, December, Easter, whatever it might be. Right. So those are clearly your peak months. Um, and if you have months then when nobody's buying anything, maybe in January, because you know, nobody has money in January, um, 
then you can take the money that you've made during Easter time, Thanksgiving time, December time, and apply it to those bad months. So basically have a reserve there. Um, don't think, oh, I had a great month. I'm just going to go out and spend all my money, right? That's, I, yeah, that's, that's something to think about. Um, and finally, I think, so we went through the emergency fund, separating finances, planning, um, uh, billing your clients. That's the third one. The fourth one is planning for those months when your income is at its lowest, making sure you can still cover your expenses um, and putting aside reserves during the sort of higher income months. And the fifth one that you must not forget, and you don't need to do it immediately the first year, but the moment you start turning a profit, start thinking about retirement, right? Because when you work for an employer, all that stuff is there for you already. Um, Start really thinking about which retirement plan is best for you. And I'm actually going to have an episode on YouTube in January, specifically speaking to retirement accounts for entrepreneurs in the U.S. because that's where our business is. Um, so, you know, I think Susanna can pop in the, the YouTube channel whenever she posts this um, up. So you guys can check that out. We're, we have a lot of resources for entrepreneurs and a lot of information on personal finance. But you really need to figure out what is the retirement account that is that is the most suitable for you. And there are two or three different ones to choose from, which we'll go into in January on our channel. But you need to really think about that because the retirement accounts that are out there, they are called tax incentivized or tax advantage, meaning either you pay taxes now or you pay taxes later. And there's certain decisions that you have to make on which one you choose um, and sort of where you think your business will grow. But because you don't have this company retirement um, aspect um, in your, in your life, you really need to think about saving for yourself. And that's the biggest mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs do. They're like, okay, I made, I don't know, say that you made $50,000 of profit in your business. The, what most entrepreneurs will do is they think, okay, well, where am I going to reinvest this $50,000 next year to grow my business even more? Do I hire a VA? Do I do this? Do I do that? And the first thing I say is, listen, the first thing you do before you hire that VA is put money towards retirement. Because make no mistake, Social Security will be there, but it will not cover all your retirement expenses. I mean, the average retiree right now in the U.S. needs $1 million to $1.5 million to retire. And if you look at the baby boomers today, they a third of them are retiring with nothing in retirement savings. And you don't want to be one of those people. So no, that's scary. I, yeah. yeah, It's very scary. So definitely plan for retirement. Put the put that money into your retirement account before you reinvest in your business because oh, you're doing all this work. You don't want to turn 65 one day and think, oh my God, there's, I've, I've reinvested. I have this business, but now I have nothing safe for retirement and everything is tied up in my business. So that's really, that's a really big thing that I push a lot of entrepreneurs to do. One of the first things I do with them is set up a retirement account. Um, thanks for yeah. Really thanks for um, saying that because I think it's something a lot of people, especially when you're young, um, you don't want to think about that and no. you just like push it away. Yeah, you do. And the funny thing is most of my clients who come to me, they're actually in their 20s and 30s. And when they first come to me, like, oh, they don't have to uh, think about retirement. Because then I give them the statistics and I show them how much, if the earlier you invest, the more time your money has to grow. Um, and we actually have like, we have something on that on our channel already, but for not, not for entrepreneurs specifically, um, more for people that are employed. But 
the earlier you start, the more you can, the less you have to put in and the more time your money has to grow. So it really is to your advantage to put the money in as soon as possible. Um, and to think about yourself, because I, you know, I, the older entrepreneurs that I do talk to, they, that's their biggest regret that they never put money into retirement. Now they're there and they don't, they basically don't have enough in savings to retire with. Um, and yeah, so the twenties and thirties, they come to me thinking they don't think about retirement. Then I give them the statistic, statistic and the first and <laughs> the second session, they're like, okay, so how do we set up a retirement account? Um, and these are kids that are 25. Yeah. That they, they, they realize once they see the numbers, like it really is to your advantage to set one up as soon as possible. And if you are, and if you are, uh, sort of starting out as a business owner, you still have your full-time job. You should try to max out your company retirement match and take every sort of retirement um, benefit that they can give you. Yeah, definitely. So, That's a great tip. <laughs> I want uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the planning part. Mm -hmm. um, I have one question there. How do you? How should you plan for? You know. You know. Um, Sometimes it's really hard. For example, you have a yoga retreat. Should you plan like for the maximum of spots that you're going to sell as an income or like the minimum that you, you plan would for the need? minimum? You so, always, so yeah. You plan for the minimum. Okay. Yeah. You plan for the minimum because I always, so the way that, so the way that we do planning generally, and you know, there are people that say, oh, well, here's the best case scenario. Here's the worst case scenario. And here's the average scenario. And then what happens is you end up sitting there and instead of doing th one spreadsheet, you do three, right? And we all know that's more, that takes more time, quite frankly. So just like when you plan your monthly income and expenses, you plan for the worst month, right? For the worst amount of income. That way, you know, you know, worst case scenario, this is what I have. When you do a yoga retreat or when you do a, a launch, like when new clients do a launch, I tell them plan on selling nothing, right? But plan on selling nothing or plan on selling one, one or two courses, right? Depending on sort of where their client is, client basis. Um, the first yoga retreat that you have planned for the worst case scenario um, and worst case scenario is worst case scenario. If anything is better than that, then you can put it someplace else, right? The, what happens, what goes, where it goes wrong is you plan for anything better than the worst case scenario And then you have a lot of expenses that you have to cover um, and you don't get that income that you expect into your account. Now, that's for like the first one, two, three retreats. Once you have these, um, once you have these retreats and you have numbers to work with. So, you know, okay, for my first retreat, I only had like only a, um, I don't know, a 1% um, a yes rate. Um, For my second one, I had 5%. For my third one, I had 10%. And then it's steady, right? Once you get to a steady state, then you can plan to work towards that number. But when you're first starting, always plan for the worst case scenario. And once you have, and so once you've done like five, six launches and you know, okay, this is my list. This is from my, if I have X number of people on my list and X number of people generally, or minimum X number of people generally sign up for my course, then you can take that minimum number and use that number. But when that's, you're first starting, Yeah, so. that's a good point that you really need to back it up with numbers, your plans. Yeah. So yeah. I had like, for example, one student, she's like, her plan is, okay, when she launched her course, then she's like earning, going to earn like a thousand euro every month from her online course. And I said, yeah, that's a great plan, but 
um, so what does this exactly mean? So how many courses do you need to sell? How mm-hmm. many, what's your going like average conversion rate? So how mm-hmm. many people do you need to get in your funnel? So interested in your course, yeah. and how, what are you going to do to get, to make that happen? She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's complicated. Yes, I would even start it's, it's, one level um, higher. It's a lot that's always has to work together. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even start one level higher and say, listen, how, how big is my list? And if my list is this big and my conversion rate is generally this amount, um, then I know roughly how many people will come in. But, you know, with their first launch, you, you never know. Generally, most launch, first launches, unfortunately, sorry, guys, if you're listening to this and you're doing your first, generally they fail, right? Um, so, or they're much, they're not as, they don't go out with the sort of like expectation um, that you expect. So, and then when you get to sort of this like, oh, this is how big my list needs to be, then, then you have to think, okay, so what type of content am I going to create to, so that people will join my list? Um, and, and then here, I would also have one caveat, which is, it just takes time. Like it, it just takes time. This over, this overnight success story stuff. And I, I'll be very honest. I've, especially now during COVID, you see so many people and a lot of these like Facebook communities, online communities that tell you, Oh, I went from zero to four digits, five digit months, like blah, blah, blah. And I always say, okay, you know what? If you're going to sign up for a course and that's what they say, said, tell them, email me your numbers. Show me that you're making that amount of money. I personally, Whenever somebody tells, when I see a course and I tell my clients is when you see a course that says, oh, I went from zero to four or five digits in, you know, X number of months. I'm like, just run away, run away and don't go back because it takes time. I can tell you that I have yet to meet an entrepreneur that has had overnight success. Um, Yeah. Overnight success over five years. Yeah. That's hardly overnight. Um, So it's okay if your first, first course doesn't work out but you need to go back and tweak it and find out how it works. And it's okay that it grows slowly. Nobody goes from zero to a hundred in, you know, in a few months. Um, and also when I, given that I work in finance, I know sort of, so we just did, a um, um like that <laughs> was, that was my Sunday night. We just did an episode on the latest stimulus package in the U S right. And what you know is that there are 12 million people that would have been basically on the street on December 26th of this year had they not passed the stimulus package. Now, then you take this 12 million people and all the people that are unemployed um, and you take sort of what you hear in the online communities about all these people that are unemployed buying courses. And there clearly must be a discrepancy, right? So, I mean, all, they're, at the same time, all these people that are unemployed and at the other time, all these unemployed people are spending money on courses and making four or five digit months. So I'm just saying, take everything with a, a grain of salt, especially during this time in COVID. There are a lot of, and I speak specifically, so I lived in Germany as well as I didn't know that before I met Susan. I lived in Germany for seven years. There's a culture in, in the US where people like to flaunt how much money they're making. And it's not always true. Um, and I always say, I'll be very honest. I'm on social media for my clients. Like my YouTube channel is a way for my clients to get to know me before they even get on my first call with me. Um, because I don't want to waste time on sales calls. By the time you call me, you should know me. You should know that you want to work with me. Um, and so anybody that you know signs up for my programs already knows me from some, from social media. Now, um, I don't have time to go on to like Facebook groups and say, "Hey guys, I made this amount of money and I did so well." You know, because I'm busy trying to chase business and I'm and I'm dealing with my clients. Um, and so just keep in mind that whenever those people are out there saying that stuff until you actually see their books and their numbers, 
I would take everything with like 10 grains of salt, not just a grain of salt. Yes. And I think it's sometimes it can be really inspiring. I know some entrepreneurs, they share their um, income reports and stuff. And um, it can be inspiring to, especially I love then going back and reading like, okay, what was it like, like 10 months ago or 12 months ago? And it's so interesting how it evolved. Like when normally there is a growth and evolvement part. Um, I share a little bit about my numbers in just one episode, but also, um, so I'm shared in my review episode how much I made in, two th- in 2020, but I also mm-hmm. shared what it took to get there. Right. And, and know, I, like, that, I had like yeah. three years where I was working on my business as a side hustle, basically, for, mm-hmm. like, for half the year, and half mm-hmm. the year was still working as a freelancer full time. It right. was really, really hard to do both, yeah. but I, was, I, I wasn't able to do that plunge. I admire people who can like turn their life around uh, overnight yeah. and just jump in. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but I, that wasn't for me and it worked really out for me. So the, only, the one thing that I did write was really focusing on creating content consistently right. right from the start, even when I didn't have the time. I still did that every month. I had a blog post. And yeah. since this year, every, every week, um, no, every week I had a blog post. And now every mm-hmm. week a podcast episode and all the other stuff, social media, et cetera. Um, yes, and it just takes time. You just, it's going to build up. This is like a long-term strategy. Yeah. So you have to decide if you're really in it. So that's why you really have to be passionate about what you do. Yeah. At the end of the the day, that's really the truth. Like, so for example, we, we actually had a much bigger operation before COVID because we were doing a lot of in-person workshops um, and we were trying to build out an app. And for me, um, you know, when COVID hit, I'll be very honest, it has been, it's worked out for us from a business perspective very well um, because the webinars have just been great. So before we were just focused on in-person workshops in New York. Now we have clients all across the U S um, at one point I had clients in, in Argentina, even they moved back to the U S um, they're all Americans, but I could connect with so many more people online. And that's why I find it super attractive. Um, and the other, but this goes back to the time versus money. Um, at one point I had to raise my prices significantly significantly because I knew I was adding value. And by the way, what was happening when I was working with my clients and I, at one point I was like sleeping three hours a night because I cook seven times a day. I have four kids. They're like, (laughs) you know, yeah, they're nine. I'm trying to think. I can't even remember. They're nine, 11, 12, 13, right? They were all at home. My husband was at home. Everybody had a different schedule. It's cooking seven times a day. Um, the ridiculous amounts of laundry. Um, nobody could come in and help us given COVID. Right. So my, my parents who live only an hour away by car, they couldn't come help because of their age. Um, and I said to myself either, and I just spoke to my husband, I was like, either I focus on this business as I've been doing, going crazy, or I scale back, um, revise my business model, and I split time between home um, and work. And that's what I chose because, you know, if I wanted to make, because I've been in finance for so long, my argument always is, listen, if I wanted to make, you know, 10 times or what I'm making now, I could go work for somebody else, but then my life would be in their hands. I would always be there. You know, my husband works a normal job. I would have to be there like working nine to eight, nine to nine in front of the computer all day. I would not be cooking my kids and husband the favorite foods they want. I wouldn't be able to enjoy them. Um, And so we, we scaled back the team a lot. um, And quite frankly, it was the best decision that we've ever made. My kids are going to be gone in college, you know, in a couple of years, this is time that we'll never get back. 
And so really think about, you know, what do you value in your life? And I love what I do because if I didn't love what I do, I couldn't do it because I do work till midnight at times um, and later. But it's during the day when I want to cook for my kids or I want to go out with them, I can. I can, re- I can arrange my schedule the way that I want to. Um, and so you really need to think about, you know, what are you p- passionate about? Like I say, if you're not passionate about your, your entrepreneurial venture, your side hustle, you really shouldn't be doing it. Then you should just go work for somebody else because there's enough stuff that you're not passionate about in your life, right? That could earn you money. So, so it's and, not only the passion, it's also the kind of business and life yeah. you want to build. So you need yeah, to have absolutely. a plan for that. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, it was freedom being location independent. Yeah. And um, also being able to work from home. And I yeah. now have a puppy. So I have no idea how you do it with kids. <laughs> I have a puppy as well, just so you know. I just finished okay. walking the puppy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it's, my, it's, my daughter, well, it's my daughter's puppy. But you know what happens when, you know, your preteens, like, say it's their puppy. I'm like, why do I walk the dog four times a day? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is, I agree with you. It really is the freedom for me. And for me, it really is, like, these years. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom for seven years. And that was an active decision we made because my parents were never home. Um, they were always working um, and I wanted to be home for the kids. And I said to my husband, I spent seven years at home already and I love what I do, but I still want to be there for my family until, you know, at one point they'll only bring home the laundry, right? That's like not for much time. I mean, but, the like, beautiful yeah, like, thing about being an entrepreneur and having your own business that it can grow. Like while when you are employed, very often you're just going to stay in the same position. Maybe your income is increasing a little bit, but yeah. unless you make a really like huge you have a really huge career um otherwise there's not going to be a big development in your income or anything else yeah yeah. I think yeah absolutely I I totally agree with that and I also think you know I don't know how many of you that are listening in the audience have have like kids um you know I was like I said I was a stay-at-home mom and when I started working and doing my own things again my kids were like and I have three girls and a boy my kids were like oh my goodness you're also good in business And like, sometimes they talk about stuff and they're like, oh, you did that before? Like, we never talked about my work before. Before I was just mom that like, you know, folded stuff well and was like a great cook and baker and, you know, an arts and craft person. They're like, yeah, you can be really good at different things. And I think it's good if you have a family, if you have children to show that you can be present for them and, but that you are also somebody else outside of that world. So that especially not just, and I don't want to be sexist here, but if you have girls in particular, it's important for them to know that at points in your life and also for boys, because they'll marry girls. Right. So and you want them to respect that woman's decision as well. At some point in my life, I was really great at my career. Um, then I chose to be really great at my family. And now I'm balancing both. Um, so I think it's important to show the next generation that you can have different paths in your life. And so, okay, that's, that's like more than the five tips on finance, but that's just me, me being an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> No, that's it's great. I think that you um, are that role model to your girls, and it's inspiring. Yes. Yeah, and they they want to. Some of them want to. One of them never wants to be be in business with me, but the other two are like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> wow, you're making like a little family finance business. No, that's what we were talking about. That's what we were talking. About. Oh, and then the other last thing for you guys to that, and you that you should know, there is a lot of personal finance stuff online. So if you go on Instagram, you go on YouTube wherever there's lots of personal finance information and generally the personal finance information are not from personal finance people. So you have lawyers talking about um, personal finance on YouTube. You'll have real estate people talking about personal finance. You'll have people that students or, you know, tech guys. What you don't find very often is 
personal finance experts or financial experts talking online because personal finance is a very regulated industry. So for example, if you are a financial advisor and you go online um, on YouTube, for example, to talk about personal finance, the vast majority of personal um, finance folks like that are regulated, that they need to get a license and so on and so forth. Even as an insurance agent, you need to get a license. There are certain things that you can say and you can't say. And there are a lot of, and so basically, and there's certain rules you need to follow. Otherwise you get your license taken away. So for example, the financial services industry, the regulated folks like these financial advisors, they cannot have comments on their channel. They cannot have likes on their channel. Um, if they do, um, well, I'm sometimes if they do, no, they can't full stop. They can't. Right. Um, so basically that means that they, it's, it works against the YouTube algorithm. So they will never grow. So most of them maybe have a couple of hundred subscribers or a thousand mm. and you'll never find them. Um, so just my whole point is just be very careful about the personal finance. You can get a certain level of personal finance stuff for free. Um, but as you know, Suzanne, you and I both know, you know, there's a huge quality difference between free and paid resources. So I always say to entrepreneurs, there's a certain amount that you can get for free. But once you get serious about your business, YouTube or like wherever is not the place to be going. You can reach out to those folks and see if they can help you like on a paid level. But just know that that's why financial advisors and a lot of um, other people in personal. That's why I chose to stay doing what I'm doing, because as an educator, there's I, I, can't, I have freedom. I have freedom to say what I want to say. Um, but as one of these licensed advisors who give they give great advice, they just can't spread it to the public because of the mechanisms that are in place in the industry that don't allow them to basically say a lot of things. Um, so so why should people get started when they My YouTube decide? channel, guys. You <laughs> okay, like guys. Okay, guys, we're definitely going to share that link yeah, in the show yeah. notes. My so. YouTube channel. On a serious note, we're going to build out this course for um, entrepreneurs. I'll send it over to Susanna. And if you're new, on a serious note, if you're completely new to setting this up, Seriously, check out my YouTube channel first. And then and then you can go on YouTube to get this type of information. And if you Google like Amazon, you'll find books. But the point is, at some point, if you feel like you're sort of muddled and you don't, you need a sort of a blueprint, a game plan on where to go, then you would find sort of a personal finance educator like me who works, you know, with businesses, specifically small, medium-sized businesses. Um, and pay somebody to do it. So for example, the, my best example is, you know, we have a nice car. We love our car. Um, could we learn to fix the car? No, no, we can't. But could we take it to like a cheaper place to fix like a local dealership? Probably yes. But we take it to our, the place where we bought it, where we know we pay 25 to 40% more for the repairs. But I have peace of mind that it's well taken care of and that they're qualified people to take care of it. Right. So you need to find somebody that does this day in and day out and does this for entrepreneurs and knows your pain, right? Because if somebody tells you, oh yeah, like I do personal finance stuff for big companies, they have no idea what you're going through. Um, you know, the personal finance or the, first of all, there's no personal finance in big companies, except if you're talking to the employees and the finances that go on in a big company are very different from what happens in a small or medium company. So you need to find someone that is specifically for entrepreneurs that understands your pain, that has experienced it. And ideally someone that's recommended, like that's the best thing, a referral. Um, and if you're going to pay them, get 
testimonials from them. Get client testimonials. Make sure if they're on social media that you like, that you like how it feels. And if you don't feel comfortable in that first consultation, just go away. Like, don't, don't go back. Like, if, there's, if you, it's your money. Then look for someone else and don't just stop. <laughs> yeah, and, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so go for some, look for somebody um, else. Really, um, you make the commitment to take care of your finances in yeah. 2021 and to really have a plan. And, um, yeah, just look for um, help and inspiration. Yeah. And start and free. There's lots of free resources. Definitely start free. As, as an entrepreneur, I always recommend starting free. Yeah. If, especially if you don't have much to spend, start free. But once all the free stuff, once you've gone through the free stuff and you're, you, you need to take it to the next level or you can't do it on your own, the best thing you can invest in is a professional. So like, again, our accountant, we couldn't live with our accountant because we need it. So, so, okay. I think we got that. Um, thank you so much. Um, yeah. So where can people go to learn more about you? So besides oh, your YouTube channel, you can go that. to our website. It's www.diamondnestegg.com. I was just telling Suzanne, we are in the midst of a massive relaunch, um, but we're going to, by the time you hear this, we'll have sort of a wait list set up for our online course. Um, and if you get onto our email list, I'll always email you on a Sunday. What's the latest on YouTube? And it, if it applies to entrepreneurs, you can definitely, you know, go on and watch it. But there'll be a lot of free resources there. We'll, I'm going to create a free guide for entrepreneurs as well. That's my fun Christmas project. Um, <laughs> so you can go to our website and check it out. And like always on, you know, if you really want free reading, my, I always say to my kids, if you want the if you want anything in life, there are three places you can go. You can go to your mother, that's me. You can go to Google or you can go to Amazon. So go to Google <laughs> and Amazon and literally Google, you know, personal finance for entrepreneurs and you'll see the best things up there, the best books or the best, the latest articles. Um, and that's, you know, that's where I find a lot of my information when I don't, when I need it. So yeah, that's, thank you. I, yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it sounds very general, but really those are the best resources you can go to. Thanks for sharing all your amazing advice and it was really inspiring to <laughs> look at your finances again, um, which is always good to get that nudge, <laughs> I think, really helpful. It is very good, especially it's in the very beginning helpful. of the year. Um, and just to keep it real, can you share like, because we now see you as the super expert who can do nothing wrong. Um, can oh, you share can. a mistake I, you made with money? Like in oh, your, I like, can share a lot. <laughs> just one thing. I'll share. Honestly, I went so even as, as I tell you, a, a lot of what I tell you now is, you know, stuff that I've learned along the way as well. Uh, my biggest mistake when we started this business was essentially, well, I'll tell you two mistakes, but one is really relevant to me. The first one is, you know, don't spend too much money in the beginning. You don't need fancy equipment. If you have a laptop, use that laptop. Okay. Don't overinvest. Like, so uh, going back to YouTube, I own all these YouTubers that go and buy fancy equipment, like the most expensive stuff. I'm like, no, you don't need it, right? Use what you have. If you really need to buy equipment, um, make sure you research it or whatever you need. Like, and then I had no people that go and buy, like, we bought like 20 websites, right? Um, like, I don't need 20 websites. Um, you know, now I've gotten rid of them. But, like, we spent a lot of money the first year that we started. You know, we we're going to build out an app. We spent, like, I, like going back when we did our accounts last year um, or this year, I was completely appalled. I mean, thank God, you know, things are okay now. But, like, 
don't don't spend all that money initially. You know, it, try starting as cheaply and as efficiently with your money as possible. And the second thing, this is going to keep it short, you know, running out of time. The second thing really is don't wait. Like, you know, don't wait. Don't wait to get that certification. Don't wait. to Don't give yourself excuses to spend money on more certificates and more courses. Just start. Right. You, nothing is better than doing. So just start. I love so that. I love that. You're so right. <laughs> and especially so many as yoga teachers and yeah, in other professions as well, you just like you want always more certifications and trainings. And it's like this mindset block of not feeling good enough yet. And yeah, just start. Yeah, you, you, yeah the, the person that deserves to win is the person that at least shows up, right? You just need to show up and you need to start. Um, and if you at some point feel like you're making, see, the certificate is another thing. That's money that you don't need to spend initially, right? You, you're a yoga teacher already. You've done this. Um, that's your experience. That's your like resume. You don't need more stuff. And as time goes on and you earn money and you want to be certified in other things, fine. But, you know, not in the beginning. Just make, don't make, don't give yourself excuses to not start in 2021. Yes. I love that. Well, thanks so much, Jennifer, for being on the show. Um, Thank you for having us. so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Blissful Biz podcast. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. This would mean the world to me. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to never miss a new episode. To learn more about how to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, my courses and membership, or to get instant access to freebies, workshops, and more, go to susannoreicher.com right now. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time. Hey there, interrupting for a short announcement. I'm hosting a virtual bootcamp to help you kickstart your online business from May 6th to May 10th. And I would love to see you there. It's the make your first or next $5,000 online bootcamp. And you can save your spot for this free virtual event when you go to my website, susannereicher.com forward slash bootcamp. That's S-U-S-A-N-N-E-R-I-E-K-E-R.com forward slash bootcamp. I'm going to go live every day from Monday to Friday with a live training on how to elevate your vision, choose your profitable niche, amplify your content, nail down your signature offer to make your first or next $5,000. I can't believe how freaking fun, valuable and powerful this virtual event is going to be. You'll get five live stream trainings, all of the recordings in case you can't make it live or need to leave early, access to my new community, the Midlife Biz Hive, including tons of additional trainings for you to dive in, the chance to ask any questions in our calls or in the community. It'll be amazing. This event is a real game changer, whether you're just starting out or you've been at it for a while, but feeling a bit stuck around the maybe $2,000 to $3,000 monthly mark. If you're eager for more and ready to figure out the online business puzzle, this is the perfect place to kickstart your journey to bigger and better results.